0: Welcome to Deal of the Week, Bloomberg's podcast in the world of mergers and acquisitions. I'm your host, Alex Sherman. Thanks for listening. Back after a week's hiatus, my voice has recovered from a severe bout of laryngitis. I apologize, but thanks for being patient. Two topics for this week's episode. First, Intel has agreed to buy Mobileye, the Israeli tech company that makes chips for automobiles. It's a $15 billion deal and by far the largest technology deal of the year. We'll dig into the what and why in just a second, and we'll also give you a preview of what's going to become an acquisition machine, to borrow and slightly tweak a phrase coined by John Malone a few years ago. I'm talking about the $100 billion SoftBank Vision Fund. This is a fund with billions from Japanese wireless company SoftBank, sovereign wealth funds from Saudi Arabia and Abu Dhabi, and money from companies such as Apple, Qualcomm, Foxconn. And Oracle founder Larry Ellison. And the money's going to be used toward technology acquisitions in probably just a few weeks now when this fund becomes legal. We'll explore what types of deals you can expect. But first, we'll start with Intel Mobileye. And joining us this week to discuss both topics is Bloomberg technology reporter Ian King, our guru on the worlds of semiconductors and networking. Ian, welcome to Deal of the Week. Thanks, Alex. So, Ian, let's start with Mobileye. What is Mobileye, and why did Intel want this?
1: Okay, well, as, as you said, it's an Israeli chip designer and software maker. Basically, its products are aimed at allowing vehicles to see the world around them. You know, things like automatic lane keeping, automated uh, collision avoidance, basically steps on the way to making vehicles completely autonomous. Um, in terms of why Intel is interested in it, well... As you know, Alex, Intel is interested in getting into other markets. Um, it dominates in personal computers and servers, but historically, it's been pretty awful at kind of segueing that dominance into it, even an entree in in other in other markets. Um, new CEO Brian Krasanich has said, "Look, this isn't ju- this isn't good enough. Not on my watch. All of these new market opportunities." Um, are going to be something that we're going to be leading rather than just trying to play catch-up with other people. And automotive is, you know, 70, 80 million units a year, but more importantly, tens, if not hundreds of dollars of semiconductor content in those vehicles, making it, potentially an attractive growth market for Intel.
0: Well, it's interesting that you point out that Intel wants to be the leaders in these growth markets, because actually, Intel seems to be sort of behind the curve in an acquisition mode, at least in this market. This follows Qualcomm buying NXP, which was to get into the automotive market, and Samsung buying Harman, same deal. Is this deal a response to that, or is Intel really sort of trying to be the leader here?
1: The analysis post-announcement was that this was Intel acknowledging that its in-house efforts just hadn't been good enough, hadn't been progressing quick enough, despite what it had been saying publicly and therefore that this was essentially a defensive move, a move aimed at trying to play catch-up. Kind of an important thing to note here though is that most of the chips that are used in vehicles today are based upon Arm Holdings architecture, not Intel and Intel was really at risk of not being central in terms of what its potential customers wanted, and those potential customers, whether it's BMW, whether it's Toyota, they don't want you to turn up and say, here's a processor, please stick it in the car. They want you know, what they call a platform or a solution, which is software, sensors, processors, memory, everything, so that they can basically just plug it into their vehicle and have it do what they want it to do. Intel really didn't have that kind of soup to nuts solution or platform, whatever you want to call it. So this really makes sense in, in terms of a technology perspective, but in terms of where they were, it's probably an admission that they were a little bit behind.
0: So just so I'm clear, what are the other predominant platforms that are out there now? ARM, you mentioned the ARM architecture. Is that is that sort of the platform you're talking about, or, or are we talking that's about?
1: The, yeah, that's the fundamental underlying technology uh, because as you know if if you're making if you're a technology company then do you go with a technology that everybody else is using so that you can take advantage of everybody else's learning, which is what happens with ARM, or do you do it yourself? So there are some companies that are trying to do a little bit themselves, but basically all of the existing suppliers, the freescales, the NXPs, the Texas Instruments, the analog devices, have all started to move towards using these ARM-based designs. And right now, you know, Intel, Qualcomm, NVIDIA, all of the sort of digital companies that talk about automotive so much really aren't much of a presence in automotive the vast majority of the market is still with those kind of old school chip makers and they're all basically using arm designs and very little intel in there so far
0: was this a surprise deal that intel would buy mobile eye
1: well there are a number of elements there um Intel historically has had a very strong connection with Israel. It has a design bureau there. It has a factory there. Very important executives within Intel and have come from that community. So there's a there's a bias towards Israeli engineers within Intel, and, and that's actually served the company very well. So that's a logical hookup in a way. What was happening with Mobileye, though, was kind of interesting because they were one of the initial kind of, you know, blue-eyed children of this market. was like, oh, yeah, look at what they're doing. It's exciting. But then there was a little bit of concern that perhaps they were just an early mover and that their technology didn't really have the stickiness. You remember they were in Elon Musk's cars in Tesla cars. Now they're not. So there was the beginnings of some doubts there. So that, you know, in terms of making them a target, particularly at the price that Intel paid, was perhaps a little bit surprising.
0: So, yeah, the, the premium is you know 30%-plus on this. Uh, I have spoken to some people over the past couple of days that have told me they feel like Intel overpaid uh, for this and that it was a move of some desperation. Intel has made a number of acquisitions in the, over the past few years. They, they largely have a reputation of being a company that does acquire. What is Intel's track record on some of these bigger deals? Is it positive or negative, Ian?
1: It's hard to be polite about this, frankly. Um, they've essentially destroyed capital with many of their um, acquisitions. Uh, as you know, you and I helped our colleagues report Alex on the fact that they had just basically sold McAfee back to private equity. McAfee was, you remember, going to be the company that would secure, you know, secure chips. We'd build security into everything Intel did, and everything, and that just didn't happen. Um, historically as well as you know they've tried to get into the mobile phone business with little or no success and masses of losses so you know the, the jury is still out on their biggest acquisition which is the altera deal which was done a couple of years ago and um, you know we don't know how that is going to, to to pan out but everything pretty much bar that has really not delivered on the promise that intel has made when they've when they've announced these acquisitions and i'd
0: say that the early returns on altera from people that i've spoken to are not glowing um which would fall in line with sort of a track record of yeah. uh perhaps overpaying for these things uh and in the case of mcafee sort of a complete misjudgment maybe on where the market D-
1: disaster going. i think is, is, dis- is not <laughs> too disaster
0: <strong laughs> exactly i shouldn't you know in the, in these in these times you have to you have to call a spade a spade i don't want to I don't want yeah, well, to... I mean,
1: I, I just you know I'm just going upon what the analysts and investors have told me, and they don't believe when it comes to M&A that Intel's been a good steward of capital. Simple as that.
0: Could there have been other suitors for Mobileye? Uh, are there? Is there anyone out there that still could make a bid? Just a quick note for listeners: there's sort of an odd provision in this deal where there is no breakup fee for the deal. However, any company uh, in order to break up this deal would have to offer about $70 a share or more. That's that's written into the contract of this deal where the deal uh, forces mobile to keep the intel deal unless someone offers 10% over the agreed to price which would be just about 70 dollars a share any chance that someone comes in and, and ma- makes a topping bid Ian?
1: well we you know the the premium itself tells its own story that that's significant and obviously Intel stock reacting negatively to the amount that it had paid that would tend to indicate that they wanted to get this deal done quickly and they wanted to make it prohibitive for anybody else to come in and take a look at it there are always companies out there that are looking at this space it's it's all all that chip executives want to talk about is you know the automotive opportunity and everybody likes that but when you look at the amount of money the size of the deal and and the potential sort of gene pool of of other bidders it doesn't look hugely likely at this point
0: so sounds doubtful that someone will make a bid but one theoretical buyer could actually be the Softbank vision fund so we might as well segue over to that uh, maybe Ian maybe just get us started here masa son who is the founder of Softbank uh, made his biggest recent splash into technology by buying arm which you just talked about uh, right. what was the thinking behind SoftBank buying ARM, and then do we have any indication on how that might tie into this concept of the Vision Fund?
1: Well, as, as you know, Masayoshi Son is is this tremendous visionary, in, at least in terms of the way he talks about technology and the future. You know, go, going back, he, he goes back to his his early days at, at university in this country and talks about how he foresaw a world where computers would have more intelligence, more capabilities than human beings. He states aggressively that he believes that we are on the cusp of a world where a microprocessor will be smarter than you or me, Alex. And therefore, the most widely used microprocessor type on the planet is, is ARM. There are, there are literally billions of these things made and sold every year by numerous companies. So he essentially went out and bought what he believes is the underpinnings of machine intelligence for the future. That sounds like a, a lofty goal, and, and and but it is, and that's the who he is, and that's what he's doing, and that's what this Vision Fund is about. It's, I'm going to raise a you know a massive chunk of capital, and try to make these huge long-term bets. Try to basically own the future.
0: You don't have to be modest, and it's smarter than me, but you know. Let's let's stay in the, in the in the real world here. Certainly not smarter than Ian King. Uh, so all right, look, th- this is the idea to sort of get into this idea that automation and robotics will take over the world. Is that a smart investment strategy? We, we, you know, are, do these companies, Arm and other Arm-related companies, which we'll get into in a second, do they make money? Are they good businesses?
1: Uh, Arm makes money. Um, it's a profitable business. It's it's a high margin business because you know relative to chip companies that actually produce their own products it has a relatively i mean it's essentially a software company it's you know staffed by people sat at terminals designing ip and and semiconductors and that is an enormously profitable model when you've been able to spread it as widely as he has in terms of long term in terms of I mean massa doesn't think about next quarter um, much to the chagrin of, of his uh, you know investors he you know he, I, I was sat next to him at a, a briefing recently and he was laughing calling himself the king of debt and how much debt he has he, he thinks you know he thinks it's amusing um, he doesn't view these things in, in this sort of quarterly earning cycle of a publicly traded company. Some of his bets pay off, some don't I mean there's been as you know, Alex you used to cover telcos yourself. How has the Sprint deal worked out for him? Um, well,
0: not very well, yeah. and then recently better as uh, potential M and A with with T Mobile has has surfaced. But uh, yeah. but people think Sprint's a disaster to be to use your word from earlier,
1: right? And and that's that's who he is. I mean, he he's not scared at all to make these long term bets to just kind of throw it out there. Um, you know, he's he's working on investing in a in a satellite company to get more broadband coverage for, you know, obviously underdeveloped economies and, and, and parts of the world that don't have that broadband access, obviously that's a long term play to to believe that you're going to get a reward on that on that pay on that investment.
0: So the Vision Fund has come out and said it wants to make investments in in large US based potentially or, or really I suppose I can say global uh, tech companies. And also acquisitions of such companies. And they have $100 billion to play with, theoretically. Uh, and again, a lot of this money comes from sovereign wealth funds, Saudi Arabia uh, and Abu Dhabi. And then SoftBank kicks in uh, a large chunk in addition to that. So we're talking about, let's say, 60 to $70 billion right there uh, in just those three parties. So if you're looking at the world of Internet of Things and automation – and the fund already owns 25% of ARM. We should say that deal was just recently announced where SoftBank, the parent company, actually sold a stake of ARM to the Vision Fund, so now the Vision Fund will own that, that portion of ARM, and maybe that becomes even more over time. What companies fit ARM, Ian, when you're thinking of this world? You can say individual, type, individual names, or just types of companies. But what should investors be thinking when they hear, okay, these this is the guideline for what we want to invest in and we already have the ARM platform. What makes sense?
1: Yeah, I, I think that's a very good question, Alex, because focusing on ARM is, is gonna be an important guide. And this is where, you know, Masayoshi-san has to think tactically as well as strategically. Because the value that ARM has basically is that it's Switzerland, that everybody uses it, you know competitors like Qualcomm, like Intel, like Texas Instruments, they'll use ARM. And the basis of their decision to use ARM is that it's an ecosystem that everybody contributes to, everybody profits from. If it were to be owned by Qualcomm or by Intel or by TI, then that value is destroyed overnight. So if he goes out there and buys one of ARM's customers, say Texas Instruments or you know analog devices... These are companies that compete with ARMS customers. What are, how, are the, how are ARMS are the customers going to receive that? Of course, no matter what assurance is given to them, they're gonna believe that the company owned by the same owner is gonna get preferential treatment at the very least. So that's something that he has to be very careful about. So we should be, I think, looking at ARMS customers It's possible that he believes that he can pull that off, but you have to think, and I've spoken to people at Arm and and in the investment community who believe that he can't really do a deal for one of Arm's customers, so therefore we would have to sort of look upstream at the device makers, at companies that actually produce um, and make the devices that house the chips. That might be more along the lines of what Masa might be able to pull off.
0: So in that world, what are we thinking could be an investment or an acquisition among the device makers.
1: Yeah, I mean internet of things is this beautiful marketing term that's been foisted on us but basically it means any company that's out there that is putting connectivity into an everyday vi- device. So internet of things now includes carrier, the air conditioner maker because guess what, they're connecting you know their their air conditioners that are going on your roof. it, it, it includes you know automakers are now internet of things companies
0: i mean the, the general electric yeah, would be an Internet of uh, Things company. exactly
1: right? yeah. i mean and, and there's so many of these companies are, are looking to rebrand themselves and refocus themselves and move away from that you know historical legacy of just making fixed devices to to being part of this connected world and that basically it's a sales tactic
0: and 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 also uh, i should point out that the fund isn't necessarily limited To Internet of Things acquisitions. In fact, SoftBank announced that they're going to invest $300 million in the shared office space giant company WeWork, and that, from our reporting and others, uh, will balloon to a $3 billion investment once this vision fund actually gets off the ground. So you can expect. Uh, a variety of different acquisitions you know we work you certainly would not call we work an Internet of Things company
1: uh, no, that's so- absolutely right and if you look at some of the partners for example the investment arm of Abu Dhabi Mubadala they already own a chip company they are or- but they own chip production facilities which other chip companies use to make arm um, designs so there is a connection there if Mubadala are still interested in the semiconductor industry you know, there, there, there are ways to make this work, you know, there, there are sort of lateral moves, you know, to keep those factories full that the modeler might say, hey, Masa, come on, let's look at these guys, kind of thing. So that, you know, device maker would make sense in that kind of an environment.
0: So again, this is going to be a big topic in the world of tech m a for the rest of the year and years to come. Uh, and I think it's going to be particularly in the news in about two to three weeks, because, Uh, From my understanding, the the sources that I have spoken to have said when this fund becomes legal, within a matter of days, SoftBank will announce investments and acquisitions right off the top. So we know they're working on them. We're obviously trying to break news on what those are. Uh, But you can expect the SoftBank Vision Fund to be in the headlines in about two or three weeks. So we wanted to do this episode now to prepare you for the fact that this is coming
1: exactly right and we need to listen to what master said directly i mean he i asked him when he was sat at the table with us what are you going to do and he said oh i'm going to act quickly i'm going to do one or two big deals and I'm like, what do you mean by big well you know multi billion 10 billion maybe bigger deals and then a few kind of medium sized deals what do you mean by medium sized deals well you know the billions range and then a, a lot of smaller deals so the man has already got his targets lined up
0: and he has a 300 year plan master yeah, son, right. song that's right that's right that's it for this week thanks again for listening you can catch all our podcasts on itunes or on the bloomberg terminal or bloomberg.com or any app you use to listen to podcasts and please rate and review the show on itunes if you have a spare 20 seconds it helps other people find the show which i personally appreciate and if you have a topic or guest idea feel free to tweet at me on twitter at sherman forty nine forty nine. thank you to ian king bloomberg technology reporter uh for joining us ian where can people find you on twitter
1: So at I-A-N-M-K-I-N-G.
0: Ian M. King at Ian M. King. See you next week.